and welcome back, everybody, to the nudist colony. I'm not doing the intro anymore like that, so if you're expecting it, fuck it. Fuck, fuck you. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> this is the nudist colony, the hidden tracks episode where we discuss uh, ephemera related to or not related to new metal. Um, my name is Ross. My name's Brent. And look, it's basically the same time frame for all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are you yep. sure we're we're not no tea, low tea? Uh, well, <laughs> here's the thing. I actually did get my uh, testosterone tested, uh-huh. and I, it was like really high. Yeah. Inexplicably, don't ask me how, because mm-hmm. my lifestyle and my appearance uh, lend nothing to the idea that I have high testosterone. But I have really high testosterone. So is it well, a lie? I mean, like Metallica said, your lifestyle determines your death style. Hey. Tick tick okay. tick tick. Well, okay. The high T, low T, <laughs> and pointing at me in the membrane. Have you ever had your test? Is this too much? Have you ever had your testosterone no. checked? Never. No? I just assume I would walk in there and they'd be like, you know. <laughs> just like point back to the door. They shoot you with like a drink dart, but it's <laughs> testosterone. Yeah. It'd be full of like uh, wet pixie stick juice. <laughs> no. Um, I'll, I'll workshop something. I just felt like, you know, hey, I got some criticism from my wife. She's, <laughs> and I think she may be right that we've we've done it a lot. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, and also it's kind of a lie. I feel mm-hmm. like it's co-opting like, um, I don't know, like eh, we're just a couple of like beta dudes, you know, mm-hmm. which we are. Yeah. But, but I mean, I think it was like a joke because there's it was no a joke. It's nudist without the t so there's no, no t-, t oh that's where it came from yeah no oh, i forgot <laughs> uh <laughs> and then uh uh no t rhymes with it right or, i'm sorry low t low Holy t no shit. t wow uh, maybe it'll come back one day listeners listener let the, me know <laughs> the listeners won't come back <laughs> they're like that's where i draw the line I'm a beta. <laughs> the beta podcast <laughs> the new disc colony no t Plus, like, there's something funny to me about, uh, like, new metal is so, like, bo-hunky. Bo-hunky. That, that's yeah. a new one. I like that. Uh, that I, there's something about it being, like, so, like, want to be masculine, but also yeah. it's us talking about it. And, right. You know. Yeah, that is pretty, that is funny, like, I guess. We yeah. like comic books. Do you guys, do you guys know who Steve Scrooge is? <laughs> he had a pretty good rod on Amazing Spider-Man. He does the Matrix storyboards and stuff. <laughs> He's really good. He's good. What was that? Uh, what was that uh, Wachowski comic that he did? Was it Frankenstein or something? Yes. Uh, man, yeah. I was just talking about that. Uh, Doc Frankenstein. Doc Frankenstein. Yeah. I mean, those are some good books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaolin Monk or no wait, Sha- uh, Sha- Cowboy Sha- Shaolin Cowboy. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I think I've got a, a couple of those around here somewhere. I was man. just reading the like collected Matrix comics. That the Is that Scrooge also? Uh, it's like a bunch of different people. Oh. Like the Wachowskis spearheaded the whole thing. Right. But yeah, a lot of different like famous cartoonists work huh. on it. They do like maybe like four to eight page stories here and there. But so far so good. It's pretty rad. Uh, Burley Man Press. They have a hardcover of it. Like right. I, I was no, That was the to... Wachowskis imprint, right? Yes. Burley Man? Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. They were getting it all out there. Yeah, their, sure, their sure, sure, comic sure. label, and then yeah. they went the opposite direction. No judgment. It's just like, <laughs> oh no, no, zero. It is uh, ironic. Don't you think? A little little too. Ironic. Hey, uh, harmony. Anyway, before we get canceled on that, uh, 
we could just move on to a, a different thing. Yeah, I was just uh, better right <laughs> ahead of here. So uh, today we have some brand new do to brand try. New. Uh, and this is one you you brought an ice chest with you today. Yep. It's like uh, whenever you see people out in the world transporting organs. <laughs> like with that yeah. importance, that's what you walked into my house with today. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, it's got to be something good. Had a biohazard sticker on it. <laughs> yeah. The band. The band, of course. Uh, but uh, this is what I've not even seen the label of before. Sometimes I'll see a, a, a label out every once in a while. What is this? A, yeah. a Bart Simpson? It does have a Bart Simpson smoking a cig. Oh, on your ice chest. It's a sticker. On, on, yeah, 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 it's yeah. a sticker. Uh, I just wanted to show you that. Great. It's a great visual. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, no, it's, uh, uh, it, it, I, I just wanted to keep them cold while I brought them over here. And, uh, yeah, so, th- so these, these are some dues that I found on the Zon Amazon, um, oh, not wow. in person. Uh, I've not seen these anywhere IRL, um, only OL online. Um, and they are called th- this, 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 uh, varietal is called thrashed apple dew charged with crisp apple, natural and artificial apple flavor. And on the can, it has a really, really angry um, uh, 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 drummer playing drums. Um, oh, that's that, weird. That is an apple. That is an apple. And mm-hmm. he's got like, he's got something DTD written on it. I wonder if that's like the artist or something. Um, anyways. Wait, yeah. what, are, what are you talking about? Uh, oh, what's that? It's like a DTT, DDT on it. DDT, DTD. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Um and uh, I I kind of dig the artwork. It's kind of fun. The Mountain Dew has been killing it with most of their truly packaging for these like uh extreme varietals or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who this artist is, but it has a very specific look to it. It's got these thick outlines. The uh, on the opposite side, that's the the drumming apple is on the left side of the uh the Mountain Dew yeah. logo. To the right is a uh an apple tree playing a fucking left-handed guitar and it has thrashed uh or thrash on its forearm yeah there's a little 83 on the guitar i wonder if that's hey, that's when i was born 83 damn <laughs> this shit's full of like easter eggs i know right let's just look at this the whole time damn daniel <laughs> it, you know what it reminds me of is um have you ever seen uh the aqua teen hunger force movie yeah i think i own it so you know at, at the at the very beginning of it they have like a little um Kind of let's go to the movies, like mm-hmm. a little cartoon that comes before it. Yeah. Um. Uh. That is. Uh. It is a cover. Well, not a cover. It is a. It is a song performed by. Uh, I believe it's Brendan Small and Mastodon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. And it fucking rips. Um. I might play it next week. Is that the wait? Is this the new movie? No, no, no. It's the it's one that the- came out. Whoever knows how long ago that was. Colon movie for theaters. That yeah. one. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it song is an absolute fucking banger. But it reminds me a lot of of those guys. Mm-hmm. It's like the art style. I don't know. Uh, go check it out. Yeah, on YouTube. Um, it's funny because a uh, <laughs> it's like a lyric that's like, "If your baby is crying, take it out into the street, throw it into traffic." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so. Oh God, I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, you want to pop these bad boys open? Hell yeah, let's drip right, it, rip go. it, dude. And these are cans, so you're not going to have the twisty lid. No, be like before. Pop. Let's go. Ooh. Oh, my God. Squirted on me. She's the squirter. You got me, too. Smells of apple. I'm I'm hit 
Lieutenant Dan, I'm hit. Natural and artificial apple flavor. Thrashed apple dew, charged with crisp apple. Crisp? Charged? Charged with crisp apple. That's like a, <laughs> what are you in for? I got charged with crisp apple. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's apple right away. It's very apple-y. You know, uh, I feel like apple and peach are two flavors where I can kind of get burnt out on the the flavor if it's like a, a beverage. Yeah. But this is like, this is good. It's not bad. That's a nice, like, uh, I guess, sour apple flavor yeah. to it. They're kind of a sour. I feel like it's maybe just a, a little too much apple. I would I would like to taste a little bit more of the dew in there. I feel like it's almost like carbonated apple juice, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not bad. Um, but carbonated for Mountain Dew, which is like kind of just barely. They're on the low end of the carbonation scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Real low T carbonation. Hey, ask me. Get them. Uh, what do you think? Uh, it's good. I would, shit. I would say uh, this is a, a pit for me, dog. Uh, okay. I like this one. This is right on the edge, but I'm gonna say pit. It's it's yeah. one of my it's one of my lesser favorites that we've mm-hmm. done. Um, I did have to buy like a 12 pack of it, so I've I've uh, been <laughs> drinking them, and uh, like uh, like you were saying, it's, it's I kind of got a little like burnt out on it. Like it, yeah. it happened real quick, mm-hmm. where I was like. It's just, it's really, it's got a lot of sour apple in there. Hey, not my least favorite flavor, but not my favorite. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just one of those that can stick around for a little too long. Like, yeah. if this can was half the size, it would probably be perfect. Instead of uh, 12 ounces, it might be four to six ounces somewhere in there. Sure. You know? Yeah, it's a little but excessive. One of those squatty cans, but Hard to uh, the thing. this, uh, overall, it's not bad. It reminds me a little bit of, like, an Angry Orchard or something like that, that okay. type of yeah. flavor, you know? Um. But yeah, uh, overall, I like it. It's uh, honestly anything is better than that fruitcake flavored Mountain Dew. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll say this is better than that. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. You also have a song to play for us and the listeners. Indeed, I do. So this is a song that just dropped today, and I have been vibing on it. Um, and in, in, ca- in case anyone is wondering why I haven't been playing any of the new Queens of the Stone Age, I'm waiting for the album to drop. Um, because I don't want to just inundate every single week with new Queens of the Stone Age stuff, because <laughs> okay. I will. Uh, they're my favorite band, and they've got an album dropping, uh, I believe, in a week or two. And I have not been this excited for an album in a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're my favorite like active uh, play- touring band, uh, You know, like still releasing new music, mm-hmm. not like a legacy band or anything like that. Um, I just love Queens of the Stone Age. I all-time favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, this, this song right here is, uh, the, by, by the ghosts of room, um, which is Mike Dowdy's who is from soul coughing. If anybody remembers that super bomb, bon, super bomb, bon, uh, from the nineties. Um, and also someone named Andrew Livingston. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the, uh, how the, the, who handles what? But uh, I know that Mike Dowdy is like kind of the the, the main uh, thrust of it. Um, he's a super interesting guy, really funny. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Um, real talented dude. Um, so, anyways, this is called "Pay the Man." It's just got it's got a dirty, grimy little funk to it, you know. I dig this immediately. Yeah. Got a great voice. Yeah. It's almost like uh, what's his nuts from the band Cake, like oh, it's yeah. 
like once you hear their voice, like right. it just you know yeah. they just sound like what they sound like, you know. Vocally. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of. I, I love the bass lines. Uh, they had an album come out, I believe, year before last, uh, that I was just absolutely fucking obsessed with. Um, which uh, apparently one of the songs off of that, uh, "More Bacon Than the Pan Can Handle," which is a absolute banger of a track, uh, has like blown up on TikTok and like all these girls dancing like "More Bacon Than the Pan Can Handle," uh, shaking their butts to the screen. Oh no! I know. Um, I will not tell you where to find it. Because I know you don't want to see it. I've already uh, devoted several thousands of dollars to their cause. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's just just a, just a nice little groovy track, and I, I put it on today, and I was just I was vibing, man. Did you just did you know this came out? Like, how did you find out about this? Because um, uh, we're recording this episode on June seventh, which is a Wednesday, yeah. and I'm used to music coming out on. You know, a Friday. Sure. Yeah. So. No. Uh, 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 Spotify. If you listen to an artist uh, quite a bit, it'll it, when you sign in, um, it'll say, "Hey, like here's like new tracks from artists you may be interested in." Um, and I saw a new one from uh, Ghost of Room and Mike Daddy, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm, I'm listening to this insta listen." And mm-hmm. I played it like three or four times today, just like jamming around the house. It has a good like relaxed feel to it but also it has a, a little bit of a motor yeah like it kind of walks that line i it's, dig it it's good like doing shit around the house music yeah you know you just put this on the bluetooth speaker and vibe and clean the house mm-hmm. and be an adult is this what the rest of their music is reflective of yes is it kind of the same i like yeah. this it's all i i, I th- listen to the one that came out uh, a couple years ago um it's just it's like i said bangers front to back it's just fucking it's all like this, just like a vibe, but it's like an energetic vibe to yeah. it. Um, and uh, even hell, even soul coughing is is fucking great. If if anybody remembers that band, yeah, um, mm-hmm. they got like a little bit of uh, attention, but I don't feel like they got like the proper amount of attention. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they should be more fondly remembered along with some other bands, but uh, they're not for some reason. Uh, but yeah, so that is pay the man. Um, check it out. That was good. <laughs> yeah. That has a, uh, it's a, a, a mix of like rock and also hip hop. So not rap metal, right. but you know, it's within our vibe, sure. I would say, you know, so yeah. that's good. Yeah. Good, good intersection. Yeah. Th- there's, there's a way to, to mix, uh, hip hop and rock. And I think, I, f- I feel like that's the way to do it right there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, that was that. Um. <laughs> Just panically looking around. Uh, transition. <laughs> what else are we doing? Um, so today's main topic is going to be on Image Zero, which is a comic book, of course. Obviously, you know, it's a hidden drag episode. What else are we going to do? We've committed to this. We're not going to stop. We can't be stopped. Nope. And on top of that, uh, this comic is... Huh. Where do we go? So... Is this a comic book? Is this a comic book? Uh, <laughs> technically, yes. By parameters uh, set forth by, I guess, nature. Yeah, I, like I suppose it is. You know, right? It has uh, comic storytelling within these pages. Mm-hmm. But uh, does everyone tell a story? Mm-hmm. We don't. Hard to say. Yeah, we won't know. Um, I will say that to get this comic, um, this was like a couple of years into Images Run, I believe. If I remember correctly, let me let me let me consult the uh, the guidebook here. 
Uh, looks like this came out on October 12th of 1993, so year two of Image Comics, actually. Okay. Uh, in this uh, official Image Timeline book that Jim Valentino put together a couple of years ago, uh, he states that uh, it's the only comic to feature all seven founders. But I will say... I don't think that's true because only six of the founders are within the pages of the comic. Right. But the cover, I believe, is a jam piece by the seven of them. Yeah. Uh, Will uh, Portacio, as we discussed on the last Hidden Trek episode, uh, was he had a family tragedy, wasn't able to put out wet works at that time. So yeah. uh, I think he just drew one of his characters, uh, whichever one the copper colored guy is. <laughs> He did that one. Gold dick. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so I the the last time we recorded, I told you and I you know, I think I set you up for a failure here because I told you on air, it's like, oh, I I will be surprised to get your reaction because there's a particular part of this issue that kind of annoyed me, I think is how I phrased it. But yeah. Um I said you'll know it when you see it, but I don't know if you had that same thought. But specifically I was speaking of, and we can get into it when we get there but i was specifically talking about the mcfarlane contribution yes uh which kind of didn't surprise me but also it did a little bit you know i i I was looking for it because when you said that i was like okay i'm expecting something big and then i got to the mcfarlane part and i'm like the fuck is this (laughs) yeah (laughs) just flip through it real quick i was like he surely can't be talking about that piece of shit but then once you you said it i was like oh no, that totally makes sense, because yeah. this is the biggest what-the-fuck moment in this comic. The, Amongst many what-the-fuck moments. Yes. Uh, one of the what-the-fuck moments is how you would have to <laughs> acquire this comic back then, back in right. 1993. So, this issue is sent to readers who mailed in coupons published in the direct market editions of Brigade Volume 2, or, I'm sorry, Volume 1, Number 2, Savage Dragon Number 3, Spawn Number 4, Youngblood Volume 1, Number 0, <laughs> Cyberforce Volume 1, Number 1, Shadowhawk Volume 1, Number 1, and Wildcats Volume 1, Number 2. Jesus so you have to Christ. buy a, a direct market edition, meaning you have to go to a comic book shop, essentially, right. and buy those specific issues. There's a coupon in each of them. I actually have uh, the Youngblood issue somewhere, the Youngblood Volume 1, Issue 0, and in it is this, like, uh, fluorescent pink, uh, like, like cardboard maybe not cardboard but uh like cover stock yeah paper inside of it uh i don't know if they were all pink or or what but you essentially have to <laughs> rip into that and then mail that off um yeah and then you get this thing worth it is it you know no <laughs> i would be so disappointed <laughs> if, i know if i got this but now if people want to uh buy this you could buy it real cheap online <laughs> it's just like a, a few dollars and it's yours I, I feel like it's plentiful i don't know how many they printed there's no data as to how many they sold or whatever but yeah. i mean a lot of these issues were if not first issues early on you know savage dragon 3 um yeah uh what was the the spawn issue is uh spawn number four so I feel like the cells were there at that point. So, I mean, if you want to goose those numbers and oh. you're, you're liking what McFarlane and Larson and everyone are putting out, then, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy these other fucking dumbass issues for, <laughs> yeah. for whatever month it was. Um, but, you say Supreme was one of them? Uh, no, it was... Uh, or Brigade. Brigade. Okay. Yeah. That was uh, the life-filled 
yeah. comic, right? Yeah. I don't know why why he wouldn't do Youngblood. He did Youngblood. There was so was a, there was one in Brigade and one in Youngblood. Yeah. The fuck? I guess because maybe Wills. I guess there wouldn't have been a there wouldn't have been a seventh for the Wills stuff, so they had to make. Oh yeah. So okay. So it is seven comics. Weird. I just miscounted. I thought it was just like six issues, but yeah, they, yeah. So crazy. Liefeld had two comics that you had to buy, and then everyone else had had one. Yeah. Even still, that's uh, that's a lot. It's you know, n- not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I do so so uh like like popping this bad boy. So so on the cover, you've got uh, like like you said, it's like a jam cover. Uh, actually, actually, not a terrible cover. L- little, little muddy. I think. Um, I think some of the inks could be cleaned up just a smidge. I feel like it's the smallest version of a jam piece they could fit onto that cover. Yeah, I still have it doable. Like, there's so much of a white border around it. You but, know. Yeah, this this white border is so excessive. Like, could they not have like I, I don't know. I, I I feel like they should have had a. I mean, who is the best draftsman? Maybe Larson out of all of them. Maybe Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do do just like, hey, here's the here's your figure outline. Draw it within these parameters, yep. and then we'll you know we'll have an inker kind of link it all up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, have Scott Williams or something go in there. Um, as it stands, I don't know. Um, I don't know who inked this. <laughs> yeah, it does. It doesn't have any signatures on the front of it. Doesn't say anything yeah. on the interior uh unfortunately but uh yeah it's um it's it, it, this is this thing's a mess um <laughs> the the other thing is like all the various stories that are in this comic and they're i think just four pages each for the most part yeah maybe like a page or two more for one of them but i doubt it but they appear in stories later on like the savage dragon four pager shows up in an issue of savage dragon right shows up in a trade paperback later on same thing with uh, all these other stories, right? So yeah. if, if you can't get them here, eventually they would have shown up in whatever other story you're you're looking for. Yeah, so it's definitely worth it to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first story is um, by Rob Liefeld. So you're mm. thinking, oh, Youngblood. No, 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 no. <laughs> it is one single member of Youngblood and possibly the least interesting member of Youngblood, mm-hmm. Troll, mm-hmm. who is a short little man with Wolverine hair. <laughs> um, and, and I love this here. Uh, it's it's got him like attacking a couple of robots, and you see some like off-panel um, uh, uh, dialogue boxes here. It looks like we've got a new recruit. Yep, he's a feisty one too. What's up with a midget? Ahem, he prefers little person. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. What's up with a little person? His name is Troll. Troll and midget is an insult. So that's how you <laughs> kick off. Like. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, Jesus Christ. I will say that this uh, story has the absolute best coloring in the whole book. Yeah, it's got some pretty solid coloring. uh, Uh, Kiko Taganashi? Yes, yeah. He does... I'm not familiar with. uh, You read that Deathmate series, right? Uh, yes, it's the the image. Some of the image comics and Valiant comics crossover. Um, it's the same guy who colored Liefeld's contribution to okay. that story. Um, he just like solid colorist. Yeah, he had like really good the the colorist on lock back then. Yeah. Um, I I gotta be honest. I kind of like the story. <laughs> I had fun reading it. It's wild. Uh, it it was um a step up from the actual Young Blood number one <laughs> wow. to me. 
uh, at least it like focused on one character. You and could, we got multiple pages of it, you know? You could smear baby diarrhea on a page and it would be a step up from Young Blood number one. And I've done it. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah. It was good. I didn't even have a baby, you know? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I liked it. I th- thought the the artwork is like kind of fun. Like it it's sure you know uh, it, it's about what you would expect from a, a life old story. But I think it's it's uh, one of the best in this this thing. You know, and it's one of two stories, um, the only two stories that don't feature violence towards women. So you get half a point for that. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's shocking yeah, how much. There, uh, anyways. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's four pages, and it's just kind of him fighting in like a danger room, and two guys like talking about it, mm-hmm. and you know, like we're gonna capitalize on this. Is that four or five pages? Uh, it's five, five pages. Five pages. Yeah. yeah. So he went. Uh, he one's went kind of a one. double page. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's still five. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Stormwatch mm-hmm. uh, by Jim Links uh, by Scott Williams. Uh, Jim Lee, Brandon Choi story, Mike Heisler letters, and Joe Kyoto is on the colors. Hell yeah. Um, and first page, you get uh, a man slapping a woman. <laughs> like right off the bat. I'm not, I'm not laughing because it's like slapping know, a woman. It's funny, but yeah, I didn't. I think I read these. I might have read all of these stories separately or, or yeah. maybe just like a, a couple at a time because, yeah. When you when you lay it out like that, yep, a lot of violence. Happens women. a lot. Yep. Happened a lot in the 90s, unfortunately. It was, yeah. a, it was a big thing. That's where, uh, if anybody's heard the term uh, women in fridges or f- fridging a woman, mm-hmm. uh, is a reference to uh, a Green Lantern story. I uh, forget who the writer and artist were. Uh, I think it was Ron Mars. Was it Ron Mars? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. I guess he was Ron he was is from Mars. Uh, w- women are from Venus, and they go in refrigerators. Yep, mm-hmm. all the time. That book, and uh, it, it was basically a, 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 a term coined uh, by Gail Simone, who is a phenomenal writer, absolutely phenomenal writer. Um, really, really one of, arguably one of the one of the better writers from the kind of two thousands, I think two thousands twenty tens. She's uh, phenomenal. Um, but uh, it's it was basically uh, a critique of comics, uh, not just from the '90s, but going back a long ways. With any time there was a male central character, um, uh, writers for for a really easy, uh, lazy shorthand to give the char- to give the male character motivation would kill off their wife, girlfriend, love interest, whatever, in really gruesome, horrific ways. And so, bit women basically became like a like a a, a plot mechanic uh, mm-hmm. to spur on the male lead. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a super shitty thing, um, especially when you like, especially when it's brought to your attention. Because at the time, you know, I was young and I didn't really. Um, I obviously like I, I I cared about women, but I didn't. So many of these things kind of get internalized, and you like just read past them. But mm-hmm. but once it's brought to your attention, it's kind of hard not to notice how often it happens and yeah. how gross and exploitative it is. Um, and for you know, image was supposed to be like an edgy kind of more like adult or at least you know more like violent, uh, you know, not afraid to go there kind of thing. Fuck the comics code. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of uh, abuse towards women, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, I, w- I will say I do think it is pretty alpha of this chick to be like to whoever this guy is, uh, this guy with this alabaster skin and uh, uh, stark red hair. <laughs> she immediately says, uh, "You're a two pump chump." Yeah, and essentially. <laughs> and then he backhands her. That's it, lover. 
I've been in commercials that have lasted longer. <laughs> Leave me be, woman. I have things on my mind. <laughs> so you think you just... So, <laughs> so you're just going to think long and hard all night. And then he smacks her. Enough. I'll suffer no more of your insolence. Mm-hmm. One more word from ye and it'll be your last. I'm guessing he's Irish. Yeah, I believe that. Oh, yes. It. His name is <laughs> Seamus O'Brien. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he's a redhead, of course. His, um, his hair is as red as a MAGA hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then uh, the rest of the story is it's nothing, it's really. It's so text-filled. Yeah. Fill, feel, well, filled, it's, it's filled. Brandon Choi. What are you going to do? It It's like a brick of fucking text, you know? Yeah. At least, like, Liefeld's uh, dialogue was... It was more airy than this. This is just, like, yeah. from the school of Chris Claremont. You know, without pathos. Yeah, exactly. Let me just fill this uh, panel with a bunch of text. I think that's how it works. Yeah. And it's early Stormwatch, which I read some of the early Stormwatch and it's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever Warren Ellis comes on, man, he fucking ratchets that thing up and um, really was the uh, to, to, to my knowledge the first sort of um, like government superhero that's that, that that is done not in like a like a really cheap dumb way, but that's done in like a really believable way, which kind of becomes the uh, kind of becomes like a, a, a almost a genre in and of itself going forward, which is like the government or special ops superhero teams going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know there had been so like why you can consider Wildcats was was like that, but it was dumb and is done in a very kind of dumb dumbed down way. Uh, but Warren Ellis really like was like okay, realistically, if there are superpowered beings in the world, what would be kind of the government response to that? Mm-hmm. And it's done in like an extremely intelligent, um, fun, just just, and it's one of Warren Ellis's early stories. So he's like he's just full of like energy you know uh, his later books are a lot more like thoughtful and, and slower pace but his early work was um even though it was still thoughtful um it's just it's just powerful and people criticize him for like you know his characters are all kind of like snarky assholes but like it works for a lot of the stories that he writes mm-hmm. and and it's it's really good um so if, if you're interested i would really recommend checking out um you can get them all in trade um just starting with the worn out, because you really don't need to know anything about what happens before, because it's all boring and he wipes away most of it. Um, but I really, really, really highly recommend uh, checking out um, Warren Ellis's Stormwatch, which then, of course, transitions into Authority, mm-hmm. which Authority becomes kind of the template for the Ultimates, um, and the Ultimates really are the you know the birth of the mcu mm-hmm. um so you can you can trace a like a real direct line right back to warren ellis's Stormwatch, hmm. um as, as sort of uh i i think kicking off that uh that that idea so without image comics we may not have the marvel cinematic universe honestly hmm. that's where look it's where brian hit brian hitch was doing Stormwatch. Yeah. And Brian Hitch, if people don't know, uh, pioneered the widescreen comics, yeah. um, which was um, as opposed to breaking up things into a bunch of smaller panels, he would do usually three to four widescreen panels per page um, to give it like that, uh, like that sixteen by nine um, widescreen kind of anamorphic um, mm-hmm. uh, cinematic look. 
which then uh, he took over into the Ultimates, and you know the Ultimates were like very much, especially early MCU, were very much a template uh, for that. Um, going so far as like even Nick Fury um, uh, being played by uh, Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever the, the the Ultimates line spun out, if people don't know, the Ultimates were sort of Marvel going. We have 60, 70 years worth of story that are involved in our current comic line and the, the, the real like 616, the Marvel universe. Um, so um, Marvel said, we're going to create the ultimate line, which is basically going to kind of like reboot all of the Marvel universe, but in like a modern way. And so you had like Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, the Ultimates, which were Ultimate Avengers. Um, and... All of that uh, was, like I said, really the template for, um, uh, for 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 the Marvel universe going forward, and for the MCU especially, um, because you know, like I said, Nick Fury was was like literally traced <laughs> as Samuel L. Jackson, and uh, Samuel Jackson even gave permission to to Marvel to to use his likeness for that Nick Fury, saying that if they ever make a movie, he wants to play Nick Fury, which did come to be mm-hmm. so yeah a, a lot of that stuff i think you can trace back to to that um n- not not this issue or not this <laughs> not this segment here because this is this is uh brandon troy and uh jim lee mm-hmm. and like i said all this kind of gets wiped away when when warren ellis comes aboard but yeah artwork artwork looks okay you know yeah but, yeah uh, it's, it's not jim lee, it's fine really not a whole lot going on here there's no, no. real action shots or anything like that other than a guy backhanding a woman of course an irishman backhanding a woman it looks like psylocke i assume drunk uh, yeah uh, uh oh he is he's drinking champagnes he's drunk so mm-hmm. he's uh, definitely irish of course um so that is that um sorry for the tangent there but just to yeah, i just i always find Stormwatch interesting because um i feel like it's kind of maybe like a little bit of an underappreciated or at least uh uncredited uh for 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 what came from it mm-hmm. uh, look these yeah. people gotta know wake up she uh next up we have a story <laughs> by todd mcfarlane a which, contribution by todd mcfarlane not a story no um and it's weird that it's like dead center right of this whole thing yeah we've got two contributions by image founders they're actual four-page stories but they sure. are stories yeah right uh, words and pictures combined to have some kind of narrative. But now we're at Todd's contribution, mm-hmm. and it's just four pinup pages that he's penciled with different people inking him uh, to various levels of success. Yeah. Sometimes that level of success is none. And if you're wondering, oh, are these characters that he's going to later put into Spawn? No. Is he going <laughs> a, couple, to... a couple of them he has, I believe. So uh, the Freak and then uh, Blood, B-L-U-D-D. Okay, I yeah, I, Blood does look familiar. Yeah. Um, Where does he get these names? What What to say about these? <laughs> um... It looks like uh, something that a 15-year-old in 1995 would have drawn um, in the back of his uh, uh, algebra homework. <laughs> yeah. um, there's no story, zero dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character designs are not great. The freak looks like a skinny old dude with a knife, and he looks all like psycho and, you know, edgelordy. Like, if... Uh, listener, if you're familiar with Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, oh um, yeah, that's hey, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I feel Except that one is good. going. 
Uh, and then there's a, a character called Blotch uh, right next to it. Each one has their own like stylized uh, name logo on yeah. the page. And I feel like an issue with each of them as well is the coloring. Uh, it's almost like they took the fill bucket and mm-hmm. dumped a color on there. And then the, the plate slid a little bit because it has everywhere there's a black mark, there's a white mark just underneath it. Yeah. So it didn't print properly, which is why you have to like, is that, yeah, you just, it looks that's like not shit. how you do it. Yeah. And this blotch character just, it, I mean, it is the laziest, this is the laziest character design I've ever seen. This is, is what, abhorrent. You, <laughs> this is what you would doodle when you're on the phone with someone. Yeah. Talking about how, as a stupid uh, joke, you just heard about Mark McGuire and you hear he's got a baseball coming up for auction <laughs> that you're going to drop a couple mil on. That's what that reminds me of. Oh, God. So, and then you've got Sweat. <laughs> just the, is... the the most standard, like, I, I know we, like, bust Liefeld's balls for his character designs or whatever being so, like, yeah, so 90s. But this character, Sweat, is the most 90s possible looking character I've ever it's seen. Fucking, in fucking ridiculous. <laughs> He's got, like, a weird eye patch that covers most of his face. And he just looks like a... You know Franklin Richards from uh, the future, yeah, the Fantastic yeah. Four? That's what he looks like, but like if he really went through something, Terrible. he's going through a, a hard time. Uh, um, I will say Blood, B-L-U-D-D, again. Yeah. Uh, this character doesn't look bad, you know? I could see this showing up in an issue of Spawn. Sure. Um, and it, would, it wouldn't stand out so much as like the other characters, you know? Right. It, but it's still... I, I feel like low effort for what... For the amount of, of work that it takes to acquire this this issue, I'm just astonished that he turned in such a lazy ass. I I would love to see what the other founders were like. Fuck, we, we wrote stories. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, are these just like sketches that you made like five years ago that you just like inked and threw at us? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's what happened. Even with like this next story, which is uh, The Savage Dragon by Eric Larson, Chris Eliopoulos, Steve Olaf, uh, and Janine Wong as editor. Um, even this, I could see this story being in Larson's head thinking, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and draw this as a four pager. Uh, I know we'll probably publish this image zero comic at some point in the future i'll have this in my back pocket and then i can use this story after that comes out right or whatever i i could just see like the the mechanics and his brain there yeah so at least this feeds back into the mainline story this was my favorite one just because i love savage dragon anyway sure and i yeah. love mcfarland's art um but again this goes back to a woman getting assaulted yeah. you know uh she gets uh she she's all over him and they're you know he's shaving this, and they're kind of flirting and he smacks her on the butt and you know i think this is uh savage dragon's girlfriend at the time okay um i don't even remember her name but yeah she it really doesn't matter because by the time we get to page four of the story she gets shot point blank in the face by an unseen assailant we don't see their face and yeah. then they run off, and Dragon falls to his knees. And uh, Jesus, what? He comes running out, and then the assailant shoots himself in the head, and that's the end of the story. Mm. So, again, using a woman to <sighs> further the male character's development. Lazy story writing. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure Eric Larson at this point would probably agree, because he seems like a very... Yeah. Um, 
he seems like a very intelligent dude. Um, and, you know, this is early in his storytelling. Yeah. Uh, he's probably still pretty young at this point. And, you know, this is what comics were at the time. Yeah. Um, if you look at his comics now, they're just horny. But they're not sexist, at least. I mean, no. They're so. very sexy. Just full oh, puss. Just it's... <laughs> And dong, like it's, it's equal. It's not just like the male gaze. It's like everybody's getting naked, and it's all sexy and fun and perverted. And I, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've read a couple, couple of the more recent issues, and uh, I dig them. They're just, they're like porn superhero comics, but done like really, really well. Yeah, it's he, yeah. He's in this weird stage of his run on Savage Dragon, where it's like I'm just gonna be, uh, I'm just gonna do super sexy, like comics like overtly sexy yeah. comics for what not as a criticism it's just like that's what he does he changes up yeah. his his approach to his own characters throughout the nearly 300 issue run at this point and it's just this is the mode he's in the, and he's I, like doing it. i'm all for it man yeah. he 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 for sure is the most most creative most inventive of the image seven um and also the most dedicated man. He's just yeah. fucking knocking it out of the park. Like just he, he's, I mean, just absolutely consistent. Um, one of the hardest working men in comic books. Yeah. And I got nothing but respect for Mr. Larson. Yeah. Um, Memorial Day, I saluted Eric Larson. <laughs> uh, 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 and then, uh, next up, we've yes. got uh, Mark Silvestri mm-hmm. um, telling this a story. Uh, I don't know what, like, this is like a, a Cyberforce prequel, I think, a prequel to the first issue of Cyberforce, I think. Yeah, but like, he, there's no like, I don't know. It, it seems like it it uh, doesn't doesn't announce that it's a Cyberforce thing. It's just sort of like it lets you find it. Yeah, in the story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go to the credits page real quick and let's run through oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, written by Mark Silvestri, art also by Mark Silvestri. Seems like he could have just put written in drawn by but okay sure okay uh joe joe's colors by joe chiodo uh is it kyoto i've heard kyoto but i kind of like that better it sounds better to me yeah well. so anyway joe chiodo uh and then letters mike heisler color separation by in color and uh yeah Eleven color. <laughs> so this is uh, essentially like a, a wolverine weapon x uh type of scenario where you see wolverine in a a, a tank submerged and uh, the fucking evil doctors are experimenting on him or whatever. Yeah. Kind of same thing here, except it's uh, with the Cyberforce character we all know and love, Striker, <laughs> the the guy with four arms, three on one side uh, to be specific, and three of those or the the three arms on that side are all cybernetic, I believe. Yeah, um, I feel right. like with some retooling. Um, he could be a decent character. I would get rid of the name Striker first of all, but I kind of like the asymm- the asymmetry of like three arms on one side and one arm on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could kind of do some interesting things with it. Um, I've never read enough of Cyberforce to know if that is followed up on, but uh, I think the art in in this um, is really phenomenal. Yeah, um, I will say that like I kind of wish the coloring was better. I we've talked about this on previous episodes, but I feel like Joe Kyoto is. Uh, color work is not as strong here as he puts into his own work. Oh. This is his own like painted artwork. Incredible, is fucking stellar. Yeah, I miss it so much. But this is like 
I don't know if he's on a tight deadline or following specific instructions from them or maybe just not comfortable with Photoshop like he is with actual pastels or paints or whatever the fuck. Sure. But I, I don't know. Like some of this is kind of just like serviceable to me. Um, as far as the name Striker, I kind of like Striker. Uh, it, it it does seem very 90s. It's super 90s. But he's, he's also, uh, I think, reinvented this like Cyberforce a couple of times mm-hmm. and refreshed it. And I think one of the more recent versions of Cyberforce takes place in like an apocalyptic future or whatever. Um, and it has its own like sep- continuity separate from what we've read in issue one and, and this. Okay. So I'd be interested in, in checking that out at sure. some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's just holding his three arms to, to the viewer and there you go. That's it. That's it. Uh, no violence towards women. Good job. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a chance. Yeah. He was just <laughs> hanging around all these male doctors. It was going to be on the next page, I swear. <laughs> I've got my three fists right here. One for each woman <laughs> that Jesus. you're married to. <laughs> uh, so next up, we've got Shadowhawk Prey. That's yeah. P-R-E-Y. Yep. Uh, written in pencil by Jim Valentino, inked by Christopher Ivey, lettered by Kurt Hathaway, and colored by Eric Vincent. Yes. So this was in that trade paperback I let you borrow. Um, yeah. I think this is like even like in that trade, this story came before issue one in there, I think, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is kind of just Shadowhawk. Uh, not really an origin. It's just like a quick adventure with him. And that adventure <laughs> is where. <laughs> here. Well, I'll read go the ahead, first page ahead. here. You are Shadowhawk, and you have seen the night. You have seen the unwanted mothers huddled over their small children, trying to protect them from the cold the darkness brings and the predators it breeds. Already, I'm just like, no, 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 no. And of course, there's a mother like in like a dilapidated subway with her with her child. And she's, you know, holding her holding the child close. And you see this. Uh, this creepy man come up to her. Um, the sweet perfume of her fear inflames him and gives him courage. She lunges. He parries. Sleepy eyes open. Mommy? A moment's distraction. He strikes. You arrive too late. And then Shadowhawk jumps in, punches the assailant, but he's already sliced the throat of the woman that was trying to protect her child. Mm-hmm. Um... <sighs> And it's just like that, and that, and that's it. Oh, and he he breaks the guy's back because that's his that's he's, a, he's a spine cracker. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's what he's known uh, for. God, um, and then that's it. And then it's just it's just a, a small child crying over her mother with her throat slit. It is very much in the vein of kind of what you would expect to see from a '90s. Oh, it's if not image comic, that type of extreme yeah. mindset. You know, right? It's just like overwritten, like dourness. Um, so it is, it is kind of fun to live in the novelty of that not being a joke. It's just simply how they made it. Right. Which is hilarious to me. Yeah. You know? Um, but again, like I, I've kind of been digging Valentino's stuff, uh, recently. So I kind of like this one. I thought the, the coloring looked better, uh, than, um, yeah, for sure. You know, than it could have, um, well, not there, but you know, so, some parts of it are, are a little bit better. I thought the uh, the hand lettered sound effect uh, looks pretty good. Um, yeah, there's some graffiti on 
the subway walls once a spawn. So a uh, little little nods to his uh, his friends' creations there, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. not not a whole lot there. We just get to see so some just like bad shit go down and uh, a spine get cracked by the protagonist of the story. So at yeah. least you got to give him points for like having his main character do a thing. Like he like fought someone, he killed someone. You yeah. Know? So which is more than you can say for most of the stories in this in this issue. Yeah, Dragon didn't do anything. Striker just held up a fist yeah um you know so troll fought some robots fought some robots got called got called the (laughs) m-word yeah Yeah. oh and that's it (laughs) that's everything the uh the the last uh double page spread is like an image of the image characters uh by the founders this is a better this would make a better cover than than the cover that they used mm-hmm. um because it's it's a it's a, a, a jam picture but they're all uh, all these characters are in profile um but it just looks a lot cleaner um and uh, i think kind of kind of exhibits all of their um all of their style a lot better than the than the cover to this as it is yeah um actually actually a pretty good uh, i actually really dig that's probably my favorite page of the entire show. <laughs> yeah it's pretty good underneath that it says we're not your dad's comics i'm yeah. like well is that At is that point? good <laughs> are you sure um and ironically enough uh there are people who bought this issue as kids who are now dads yep. you know that you know, oh, absolutely absolutely is their dad's uh, comic um so uh, what do you think about image zero ross i mean it's how how would you even rate this? Is I, do, it, I don't know how you would rate this. <laughs> is it in the pit or is it shit? I mean, I can't recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's a novelty at best. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, at worst, it's uh, a, a a dime bin filler. Yeah. Like it's like if you can find it for a quarter and you have it, it you know, it's not going to take up too much space. You know, pick it up, check it out. Um, it's not essential for anything at all. None of the stories are good. Mm-hmm. The art is like barely there. Um, it's kind of funny to look at, I guess. Um, but I can't like in good conscience recommend this thing. Like <laughs> I, I can't other than just like a, just a goofy little shitty little comic i use that term very liberally <laughs> uh i will say this is a uh for me personally this is a hard pit uh oh, I just, wow. like, like okay. you said i love the novelty of it there's no uh pricing on yeah. <laughs> on the front of this cover there's no upc box on the front or back of it on the inside it doesn't say does it have like an indicia on there right. so it's like the, this was created to be a comic book. It barely is, though. <laughs> and then, like, the stories were reprinted elsewhere. If I paid, like, $50 for this, yeah, Ooh. I'd be fucking annoyed. Sure. But I, I paid, like, $3 for it yeah. online. And, you know, it's in, like, fairly good condition. But yeah. I'm I'm going through the process of collecting original prints of all of the original Image Comic Founder number ones anyway. Yeah. So this is a nice um addition to that complete set you know so right um i'm, I'm pretty happy with it uh but yeah i yeah. would not if somebody is stressing out oh i'll never get to read image zero you can find it pretty fine. easily yeah, yeah don't 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 worry about it yeah um but uh but yeah so that was image zero now that we've done all of the image founders number ones and image zero yeah that's not going to be part of it but uh we wanted to go through and rate 
the first issues. Yeah. Right? And uh, see what our favorites were, what our least favorites were, and uh, go through all that stuff. You have They're pre-written right. your your list, yes, right? Yes, I do. I've got all the uh, the sam- sandwich, uh, <laughs> seven image comics right here in front of us. Um, so to, to uh, recap in the order they were released, we've got Young Blood number one, Spawn number one, Savage Dragon number one. Uh, they're all number ones. I, I don't need to keep saying that. Uh, Wildcats, Shadowhawk, Cyberforce, and then Wetworks. That was the the order of release yeah. for these comics. And uh, yeah, you want to walk us through your list? Sure. Um, so so my number one was was a little tricky. Uh, my one and twos are like neck and neck, but I had to give I had to give it to one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one is Spawn. Okay. Um, just because I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, and it just it 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 it, it, it was really fun rereading it. I hadn't read it in probably twenty years, um, and I had a, I had a ball I had a ball rereading it. Um, Savage Dragon is my number two. Like I said, neck and neck um, yeah. with these two. Um, Savage Dragon, I think, uh, out of all of these comic books, uh, Savage Dragon is by far like if I if I if I had to recommend one of these series to someone, wouldn't even question it. It'd be Savage Dragon. Um, all the rest of them either fell off in some way or got rebooted or got chopped up or got sold off to other companies. So, um, but, but you, I, I would have no problem recommending the entire run of Savage Dragon to anyone. Um, just a phenomenal book. Um, number three, Wildcats. Okay. Um, uh, like, you know, if you listen to the episode, I, I really enjoyed the Wildcats. Um, I, I, I read several issues and then I went out and bought, uh, <laughs> uh most of the first volume. Still in the process of trying to uh, collect all of the first volume of it, um, but uh, I I really enjoy just the batshit craziness of of that Wildcat series, um, and it just gets crazier and crazier as it goes on. Uh, really enjoy the characters. I think um, I think out of all the teams, um, so, uh, the Wildcats are for sure like the most. Uh, each one has like a character that's like identifiable and like easy to to kind of track. Yeah. Um, uh, can't be said for all the teams or any of the other teams for that matter. Uh, for example, Cyberforce. Um, uh, you, you know who? I mean, they're what? <laughs> it's they're fine. Um, but like you know, the characterization is really really weak there. Um, and somebody had to take four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wetworks gets number five, shockingly. Um. Uh, mostly just because of the art, not because of the story at all. But mm-hmm. the I think the art's uh, pretty solid. Um, really, really enjoyed that more than I thought I would actually. Uh, Young Blood gets number six just because Jesus Christ, that first issue is uh, abysmal. Um, <laughs> barely a story, barely a comic book. Uh-huh. Um, some of the art's okay, um, but yeah. And then uh, I'm gonna give Shadowhawk uh, seventh place just because uh, I had a really hard time jiving with any part of that it really i might give shadowhawk a six and young blood number or move shadowhawk up to six and young blood down to number seven um but i just i just i do not like uh uh valentino uh, i just do not like valentino's artwork okay all right um Fair enough. and and uh for for all of uh for all the art issues in young blood um i think it's just just a little bit better um, but uh, yeah, that's that's my seven. How about nice. you? 
I'm going to go in reverse order. Right? Okay. So I'm going to start with uh, the, the one I liked least. Uh, least. Okay. So my number seven would be uh, Young Blood, number one. Okay. Um, Makes sense. It's just not a good, fulfilling comic because yeah. it's a flip book, but it's not oversized. So you have half the pages for two separate teams of many characters, and it seems overly convoluted. The first story with Shaft and Badrock and that team coming together, they kind of look cool, but you don't really get to to the point to where you get you could see those characters interact with each other. Yeah. And then the flip side is um, it's like a desert storm type of story with <laughs> yeah. other characters, and they look very... Uh, eh, I don't know, Un- uninspired uh, design-wise, so. yes. right? So after that one, I'm going to go, uh, surprisingly, uh, I-, I just put this together myself, the the order of these as you were talking. Uh, my number six is going to be Wetworks. Um, okay. I-, I felt like, even though I enjoyed the issue, I thought compared to the other ones, the character designs were very similar to each other it was hard to tell who was who most yeah. of the characters had the same personality and um i i like the overall idea of it i like that vampires are involved yeah but didn't really get a whole lot of it from this first no. issue and that's what we're i can barely tell you what happens in that issue there's a character named dane okay well hey there we go there we go uh <laughs> my number five is going to be cyber force i think i kind of shit on this book whenever okay. we talked about it previously but now thinking back on it i i do like some of the character designs uh yeah. i think Ripclaw is awesome i would love to see uh, Jason, cool. Jason Aaron wrote a like a one shot story with Ripclaw way back in like the mid two thousands. I would very much like to read that. It was awesome. I I can't remember who did the art, but damn, he just like has a, a cool voice. Like he, Jason Aaron later went on to write Wolverine and kind of in that same vibe or whatever. Yeah, right. I think Velocity is a, uh, a really cool looking character as mm. well. Striker looks okay. Velocity's the redhead that runs fast. Yes. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right, easy, easy. <laughs> Um, and then whoever this guy is with the uh, the flaming fist on the the cover, it's kind of <laughs> neat looking. I don't really care for fist flame. Uh, for Thanos Maul here, right? Like he looks uh, like he he could use a redesign, but yeah, you know, uh, better uh, three or four of them look cool than all of them look exactly the same. Like in sure. what works to me. <laughs> um, so my number four is going to be Wildcats. Okay. Um, I just I don't know as a if it were just the art that we were judging this on, I would have rated it higher. Sure. But we're not. You know, Brandon right. Choi really uh really taking the fun out of uh reading these uh these comics. Uh, yeah, you, know? you could cut fifty percent of the dialogue out there and it would raise this, the stature of that book considerably. Yeah. Um and then, you know, the I don't know. I, I just couldn't put it higher on on my list for whatever reason. Uh, I think later yeah. interpretations of Wildcats is better. But as far as the the starting point, I'm giving that my number four slot. Beating that, Shadowhawk number one for me. Wow. I know. I know. Damn. I I can't. It's it's hard for me to put into words why I like this comic so much. Um, I don't know if it's just because it's it's so unironically extreme. Yes. And it, it, it's like the most extreme of these seven issues. Sure. Right? So, I don't know. I, I have to give it points for that. I, I like the design of Shadowhawk. I'm, 
eager to find the time to read more of this series okay. almost than any other one uh, because some of the other ones I've already read before. But um, I do think there's some some uh, meat on the bone for this character. And uh, yeah, I just like his overall design. I wouldn't be surprised if like they do a reboot of it at some point later sure. down the road. Uh, my number two, I'm going to go with Spawn, hey. which I was kind of surprised by because uh, I don't know, man. Like I had a bad taste in my mouth from that Spawn Batman <laughs> crossover, uh, the recent one from uh, DC Comics and Todd McFarlane. Yeah. It was yikers. Garbage um, beans. And then especially after uh, – or I'm sorry, a couple of years before that, I read uh, Spawn issues like 297 to 301. Oof. So he crossed that that dividing line of 300 issues. He like beat the uh, Dave Sim independent comic creator landmark run or whatever. Right. Um, but – uh, I think this as a first issue, this is good. Like it's good. It's McFarlane solid. art. You see the George Perez influence in here. Um, a lot of the the tropes that we know from Spawn, like the reporters, are in here. Uh, we don't get a full origin story, but there's enough in here to like keep you going. There's some wonderful um, double page uh, spreads in here. Um, art is banging too. Absolutely, he really put his all into. Yeah. into this he, we see truly. the uh the timer at the top of one of the pages as well <laughs> like what does that mean turns out almost nothing nope uh, as we um uh find out later in the future and then uh yeah number one savage dragon uh is, yeah. is the only comic i still read to this very day yeah and uh that's just I'm, I'm so happy for eric larson to continue to make comics yeah. uh, he's like i said he's in like the 260s 270 something like that Wild. by the time of this this podcast coming out and he started out with the first issue of a of a mini series that would later go on to be a regular series and uh yeah he's just got a fucking motor he's gonna beat out cerebus he's gonna beat out he's gonna beat out spawn because no one else can claim what he has done here the only other person was it an elf quest or some shit like that <laughs> That fucking shit. Uh, no, it's uh, Gold Digger by Fred Perry. Oh, and okay. He, he writes and draws That's right. every bit of it. I think he colors it as well, and his colors are like pretty good too. Right. And I think he's, I think he's like just this side of three hundred, as wow. a matter of fact. So okay, he does the the work as well. But I don't know why he's not. It's like getting... a furry comic, right? Probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But I'm, you know. I don't, I don't judge, you Fine. know. I can jack off to almost anything, so I'm sure. not even I'm not worried about it, you know? Hey, I used to gadget from Chicken Dead Rescue Rangers. <laughs> formative formative <laughs> shit for me right here, I'll tell you that. Were you jealous about her and Zipper getting together in Rescue Rangers? Yeah, yeah. They're little weird <laughs> mouse fly babies. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Mutant mouse. <laughs> Well, we uh, we've done the damn thing. We did it. We did all of the first issues from the Image Comics founders plus Image Zero. And uh, what are we gonna do next? I don't know. That's fucking fucking hard, dude. I'm gonna throw this out there. Do it. Gen thirteen number one. Don't want to do it. Anyway, done. Yeah, we yeah we can do it. <laughs> this is from the uh, the miniseries. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. Let's start okay. with the miniseries. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Brandon Choi, but. Mm-hmm. Like good, like good Brandon Choi, which I know. <laughs> well, I mean, like he had a 
couple of years to maybe yeah. rein it in. And it just it, it suits his style a lot more. It's like fun and just kind of like breezy and like it, it just I don't know. He he writes it really well. I I I just remember. Granted, I have not read Gen Thirteen in a long time, but no. Um, I loved Gen Thirteen when yeah. I was younger. That was like my favorite Image comic. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever that first dropped, I was all about Gen Thirteen. And J. Scott Campbell, who does the like pencil art for it, yeah, he levels up big time after that Fuck. first miniseries, right? So, Wild, yeah. How he, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he was like, yeah. he was like, what, eighteen? I think so. Yeah, he was. He was a. I think late teens. Fucking he... insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he was doing that. Yeah. Like I, I, I just mind blowing that Jay Scott can't. Have you seen? Do you follow him on Instagram? I think I do, but I haven't. I haven't paid attention to it. Have you seen his time. wife? Huh. Hmm. I don't think so. I've seen like a, like a cartoon drawing he's done of her before, but yeah, go yeah. go check it out. Oh yeah. All right. There's pictures of him with her and his daughters. Uh huh. And uh, I challenge you to find out which one's his daughter and which one's his wife. Really? Yeah. Uh oh. Wait, did he, did he like remarry or something? She's young. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah, he remarried. Yeah, hmm. she's very young. She's very pretty. She's very, yeah. very, and she's a really good artist. Um, but it, Wait, it is. What's her name? I can't remember. Is it Nay? Like any I? That sounds. That sounds maybe right. Because I know that person colors a lot of his modern work. Okay, that would make sense. Okay. Um, well, I mean, yeah, if that's the case. That's. But it, it it's pretty like whew, okay okay bud, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that's uh, uh, check it out or don't I don't care. <laughs> All right, so on the next hidden track episode we'll do Gen Thirteen number one of the mini series. Yeah, and uh, we'll figure it out from there. Uh, yeah, what we'll do. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll right. do that. Uh, so we've we've done do we've done image comics we've done some music anything else for you on this episode. Um, I, you know what, um, Ghostbusters, what? That doesn't, oh God, can we edit that out? <laughs> I don't know what, that was the first one that popped in my head. I don't know what the fuck that was in this, in this. Okay. Turn it off. Bye. Bye. <laughs>